Hey folks, it's Natalie. You're listening to Critical Care, a show about games, community, and the reasons we play. This is episode 66, featuring Kate Barrett, creator of the platforming toolkit Kate Labs, and the seminal Ready Player Fuck. Enjoy! I'm Kate Barrett, uh, she, her, and I make games, and that's mostly all I do. I've been I've been trying to do comics and th- and draw a little more as well. Yeah, for sure. It does seem like you have kind of a like eclectic art style and and sort of wide range of influences. Um, so I can definitely see that. It's interesting because I. I guess I started making games that were in my art style, and my most popular games are just like these these kind of shit post games, <laughs> which is quite it doesn't bother me, but it's quite funny that I guess it it doesn't fit in with how I tend to do everything else right, yeah, and I'm definitely interested to kind of talk more about. I guess that that divide and sort of uh, how you how you relate it to your own work. Uh, I think a good place to kind of start is uh, where I started, and I think several people listening to this show probably did as well. Is with your game Ready Player Fuck, which uh, for people who haven't played it is kind of a very earnest uh, parody of Ernest Klein's uh, Ready Player One. Yeah, highly recommend playing that if you haven't already. But uh, what really struck me about playing that game, uh, besides it just being like much more uh, sincere uh, than I might have expected just based on the title, uh, is sort of how, after playing more of your games, uh, it really felt like a a good encapsulation of a lot of the sort of stylistic choices that you tend to pull from, sort of a very freeform, almost chaotic approach to reinterpreting assets and mechanics, sort of pulling from a lot of different areas uh, to make games that are goofy, but not like you describe them as ship posts, but I, I, I think they're, they're maybe uh, a, a, th- that's maybe doing them a bit of a disservice to some degree. Calling them ship posts is kind of something other people did. So I just kind of play it along, but yeah, People have told me that, like, the game is um, more sort of elaborate and sincere than they expected, which is kind of also part of the joke. I quite like the idea that people would expect very little of it, only for it to sort of expand into this epic. Mm-hmm. It's very subversive in, in that way. Yeah, I did want to, I guess, then ask to sort of just, like, ground the the conversation a bit about kind of both the origins of ready player fuck kind of how that that game came about um and then kind of i guess how you relate it to your your other games i mean you mentioned kind of at the top there's like kind of this divide between these sort of more parody games and your stuff in your own artwork so kind of how how those come together i remember vaguely it came together around the time that i was I was playing around with other models because I had just discovered models resource and it was basically as simple as just me thinking I want to make some games like this in part because it was it was fun to me it was a well, it was funny to me and it was also because um it was cheaper to just use other people's stuff <laughs> um so I, it, I remember it started with me I I started out just making something where Waluigi was running around and like for some reason that amused me and I made like a little video that I put on YouTube called Super Mario Gaxi which was just Mario running around on the on a planet with the Super Mario Galaxy music he triple jumps into the air and then Waluigi's face is just off in the distance and then the video ends and a few months after i did that and i still had this idea floating around in my head that i wanted to do something with models and then 
I think the trailer for the Ready Player One movie uh, landed, and everyone was talking about it. And it wasn't just like a cheap thing where I saw this trailer and it, the whole thing came together. I was, I'd sort of slowly became more fascinated with Ready Player One and its sort of famous um, paragraphs and that I started to read the rest of it. And from there, I kind of became sort of obsessed with it. Not even in, not even in a way that was negative. Well, it was kind of negative because like it was, it, it's, it's pretty bad, but I felt like there was something that Ernest wanted to tap into that seemed like really personal to him. And, and in a way, because of that, I did, I sort of went this, so you started going this other path where I was like making something that was about everything to do with that book, why it didn't work, what it could have worked. And this all sort of fed into my, into me being obsessed with it for like several months. And I think once I started the game, I just, uh, it just happened even more. I think it taps into something that I think about a lot, which is this sort of really commercialized kind of... It, di it didn't really kick off until sometime after Ready Player One, but now there's, like, a lot of movies that just take cameos from other things, and it's kind of mm, unoriginal, kind of depressing... The outlook of the game could be considered, like, nihilistic, I guess. But I'm not sure if if it was. <laughs> Playing the game, the, the big difference to me between it and, like, Ready Player One, the book or the movie, and sort of everything that it inspired, or I guess sort of anticipated, however you want to put it, uh, is that firstly ready ready player fuck is fully like unauthorized there's no there are no business deals hiding behind the the game that are allowing you to you know put godzilla in or uh doctor who or whoever have you it being like basically stolen assets to some degree or like uh properties i think gives it more of the sense of like having all your action figures on the floor and just kind of mashing them together. That's sort of how it began. When it when it began, I just did, like, the sort of hub room of the Oasis and then started moving into these other rooms slowly. And the, the scale of the game slowly got out of control. So I remember I was thinking this would be like a short joke game. And then I started to really enjoy myself, which which is interesting because like here I am criticizing all these sort of cameo heavy movies that are just big ad advertisements, and then suddenly I get all the um, and then suddenly I'm basically doing the same thing, which I then made a joke about that in the game. If there's like a TV tropes page that. There's just a fictional TV tropes page for Ready Player Fuck. I, I I couldn't really sleep because I kept coming up with ideas and then writing them down and then putting them in the game the next day. So it kind of just sort of naturally grew out of control. Sort of like I was unleashed unleashed on like a a big toy box. Yeah, I mean, I think it taps into that sort of impulse because like regardless of how like oversaturated Right now we are with just mashups and 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 crossovers and you know ways to sell more merchandise with new faces on it. it, it there is still something very fun about just imagining different characters sort of encountering one another and sort of especially when that is in a such a playful and like irreverent way like <laughs> Ready Player Fuck is. Uh, aside from not being, you know, endorsed by companies, it's also very, like, takes a lot of liberties with 
how characters are depicted, uh, which I think is, you know, a large part of its appeal. I took advantage of the fact that you can basically do that if as long as the game is free and it's a you know a parody you're sort of it's it's legally allowed i guess yeah and and also i sample a lot of music but that's unrelated there is sort of a certain like fun to the the, the crossover aspect because i did play sort of quite loose with it and like I, I'm sort of into it in the same way as, um, in the same way as Ernest Klein, kind of. Like, um, I grew up playing Kingdom Hearts, and I really liked just um, crossover things in general. But I think as as I sort of got older, I sort of got really disillusioned with it. Um, well, yeah, when I made Ready Player Fuck, I think I was actually a bit more disillusioned than I am now, because I think when I made it, I was actually almost, like, a bit depressed and sort of bored and dissatisfied with a lot of things, and was was sort of wanted to sort of lash out, but in, like, a funny way. And... That game gave me kind of the stage to do it. So I like there's all these sort of big, epic scale crossovers, but but it's all just done in a kind of way that looks cheap and goofy. Like I don't know, you hit Darth Maul and he just like falls over in one frame. And I was mostly doing things that I that I was uh, that I just found funny, like. Some of it was accidental, like having the um, really snappy movement of the T-Pose models walking around was something that I just did in part because I had the path find, the sort of pathing down and no animations, and I was like, actually, I'll just leave it like that. So some of the jokes are unintentional, or were. I guess I'm interested in, you mentioned how you you were kind of, depressed or like disillusioned with i guess you know crossovers or like just what what have you the state of of modern media i'm curious i guess how making ready player fuck has then impacted stuff you've made after the fact like has this changed sort of what you're interested in or like how you think about designing games yeah yeah it definitely has well Firstly, after I after I released it, I remember there was like a period where like no one actually really played it and I just sort of wandered aimlessly around the house for like a few weeks until Vine Source played it and then then it sort of really took off and I I remember it's sort of surreal because um, I, d- I don't tend to get many streamers playing my stuff, and it was sort of weird to see someone kind of play through the game and sort of stumble into a lot of the, essentially, the uh, traps I set up. Like, I think I did a lot of things just to sort of surprise people with a joke, and obviously I'm not the first person to do that, but I think... I think that some of the best games are just ones that sort of have things you can just stumble into, I guess. Anyway, I digress. So, after Ready Player Fuck, after it got played and I essentially had a bit more spotlight on me, I kind of lost the uh, urge to sort of make something big and I actually I moved away from itch and went to glorious train wrecks instead in part just to get less pressure because I thought fewer people will probably see these games so I can just freely experiment and and then I did that for about uh, 3 years but having less pressure on me was actually already um, good for for my creativity. So 
after Ready Player Fuck, I think I continued to do things in that style where it's kind of janky and sort of a bit freeform and open. Glorious Trainwrecks is quite fun for just making something really quick that doesn't have to be polished, which is sort of what Ready Player Fuck is. It's sort of like each room of that game is like its own little self-contained sort of stage. So I would just do a few things like that. Yeah, I'm currently working on something that's a bit similar where it's but but it's actually a just one big area and um that's that's in my own style it's called amy in artland and it's a good example of sort of how where where i've come from both directions in terms of my original art and something that's kind of janky and uses a lot of meshes from other places although not as not even half as much i basically made everything in this one but it's got that same kind of approach to level design where i put where i basically basically improvise a lot of silly things for for people for players to run into I'm very interested to sort of see this game when it when it comes out. Uh, I don't know how long, how far out it is, but we'll we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. Uh, that's kind of a, I think a good segue to sort of get into uh, one of the other pieces of your work that I wanted to talk about. You know, sort of mentioning, uh, sort of you know reusing assets or like just making you know kind of obstacle courses for people to to bump into. Uh, one of the things that I was sort of checking out in preparation of this call is the toolbox that you've put together called Kate Labs, which is sort of a 3D platformer engine that is like comes prepackaged with a lot of just like random assets that you can do a whole bunch of, of stuff to, um, but is really sort of reminiscent to me of the sort of in-game level editors that were sort of, I guess, most popular around like the PS2 era um, and have sort of disappeared now that, you know, games like Roblox and Dreams are just like full-blown <laughs> game engines. There's not really that middle ground so much of just like something that is, you know, easy to sort of fuck around with, but not like, you know, make a full commercial game with necessarily. And yeah, I wanted to... I wanted to learn more, I guess, about what your sort of goals were in creating Kate Labs, sort of where you see it going, and, and you know, if, if there are any particularly interesting things that you've seen people make with it. I'd been making a lot of games using the same engine, which I'd sort of been slowly adding bits to over time until I decided that I had made more engine than I had actually made games with it. And so I decided, what if that was the game? But also, in fact, it kind of came from a few things. It, it was something that I felt like I needed in my life. Like, something that was both kind of this sort of central game that kind of put together a lot of the core ideas that run through my work, including literally the models from my work where you can kind of sort of jump on and see what it's all about but um yeah i also made it as as an editor for myself because blitz which i use doesn't it it's not like unity there's no there's no editor you have to you have to type in everything so it's all text so from the beginning i've had to put together my own editor with blitz that i've been using to place objects and then i then it feeds out to like a notepad file in the form of functions which i then 
copy out of the notepad file and paste into the script. And it's uh, like, I was like, I want to share this feeling with other people of, you know, awkwardness. But also, I wanted to make it easier for myself, because my editor is like the most thrown-together thing ever. And if I was to give it to someone else, they wouldn't know what any of the buttons did, because it's been sort of designed just for me. And it's not presentable, because no one else is expected to use it. So, uh, I was like, what if I made one that was good? I um was in part wanted to make like an editor that I could use to export things and also um you know I didn't want to waste all that time programming it on something that only I was going to use so I was like well I'll make it presentable and turn it into a thing that anyone can use have you have you been surprised by sort of how people have have engaged with it I've played a couple games that were made in in Kate Labs and they've been pretty interesting yeah i am pleased um it's kind of just a good feeling to have to sort of have someone um play your play your game to begin with and to sort of build something in that that um that's kind of a thing in itself i think it's like it's quite sort of i don't know i feel quite proud so I guess then the the obvious sort of question then is sort of uh what what's the future look like for Kate Labs? Is this something that you plan to continue add on to, or is it sort of like a prototype for something else that might come out later, like a Kate Labs two, I guess, uh, or is this sort of a uh, a one and done situation? Well, I, I every time I make a new game, I'm thinking of adding bits from that game onto it like it's been it's had like two major updates since i first finished it it had like when it came out it was quite basic so it didn't have an undo button um which which i eventually figured out how to program in it now also has things like you can change the textures of models which expands the amount of sort of creativity that a person can put on it instead of just having having every model like how I left it. Um, I've updated it twice. I don't know. I don't know when I will keep doing it because I'd like to keep updating it, but I also want to work on some other things. It's kind of like one of those situations where it's like I'll update it if if I want to, or I'll update it sort of on my own schedule when I have enough stuff to sort of add to it because. I guess I'm not really beholden to anyone in terms of how fast I need to go. Although I think there's some features that I would really like to put in there, but I have this thing where when I make games, I kind of can't focus on more than one thing at a time. So it's not like I, I can't really just hop into it to work on it i'd sort of have to set aside like a month and say this will end with an update being released and then work on that as though i was allotting time for like working on a whole project but i would like to i would like to keep working on it i think i i don't i don't know how far i would go with it like the idea of making full games with it is kind of fun but i don't know how i would do that like i don't know like export an exe or something that would probably require more than blitz can actually do i like the idea of um having it so you can not just save worlds but save like models i wanted to add like parenting to objects which i was going to call glue where you can glue objects together and then create some kind of contraption that you can just copy paste into other worlds and uh, that really excites me but also the thought of programming it doesn't yeah yeah i can imagine you know every every feature is is very fun to think about and then when you actually have to to figure out how it works uh much less so yeah i mean some sometimes i find programming fun but it depends 
Well, I'll definitely I'll definitely look out for for any of these possible future updates uh, at some point. Uh, before we move on, are there any sort of like really interesting or or like examples of stuff people have made in Kate Labs that you'd want to shout out if people aren't familiar with the engine and sort of want to see what what's about? Um. Yeah. I I also fear leaving anyone out. Someone made like this whole space funeral fan game, which I really enjoyed. The one, the best ones are ones that use the game in uh, ways I didn't predict, or models in a way I didn't predict. And that one does that a lot. Like there's a there's a sequence with a sort of mission on a boat that I couldn't figure out how it was done to begin with. Or what models were being used, even though I, even though I'm the one who made those models to begin with. And um, another one of my favorites is someone who made this gallery of their dreams, and it has like a little hub world where you ride these carts off to each individual dream, and it felt like a game in itself. I don't know. It's just a really charming idea. I like it. Awesome. Well, I'll try and find I'll try and find links for both yeah. of these. I think I actually played the space funeral one, assuming there's not multiple <laughs> multiple ones. I don't I don't think there are. Like I, I did I did like a I did like a jam to it to sort of get people to to um, use it because um, I I I almost felt like it was too much of an ego thing, but then I did it anyway <laughs> because I said, would anyone? Would anyone be interested in in a jam that for making something for this? And people said yes, so I took that as my cue to do it. There's some that I remember quite distinctly, like this one that's in like a big dome. There's one that's like really detailed with like this whole um, section of the map that's like this sort of wizard school, and. It involved using the shrinking mechanic, which I'm really pleased with because, yeah, there's a, there's a shrinking and growing mechanic in that game, and there's so much you can do with that because you can just build, like, small parts of a level. Um, yeah, no, I have been impressed by what people have made, and in, in part it's because I did, when I when I came up with, like, the mechanics, like... I programmed in like growing and shrinking into this engine. I programmed in things that were surprisingly hard, like platforming has to have moving platforms and things where the player can actually stand on it instead of the platform just leaving them behind. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. I had to program from scratch. And when I'd done it, I was like, wow, I've programmed all this and I. And I forgot why I did it to begin with. Like, I was going to make some kind of game with it. Or games. And instead, I just sort of decided that um, I'd just let other people use the engine and maybe they could come up with some ideas. Very very cool. I'm not much of a game designer, so I haven't really been able to do much myself. But very interested to continue poking at at what other people have have created so i guess uh sort of our our last segment before we sort of close out is or sort of i guess the rest of your your work um because you have actually done quite a few few games uh aside from ready player fuck and and kate labs most of which at least from what i played are kind of collections of mini games sort of you know of varying sizes some of them are you know single screen experiments others are like more more involved there's a pretty fun dress up game uh that i had a lot of that i really enjoyed sort of messing around with but yeah they they reminded me a lot of sort of flash games and shareware sort of stuff that you would you would think would have more of a a presence now because of how easy it is to share uh games on on different platforms but because of Sort of the the loss of Flash and changes in, uh, I guess, interests of of like general game playing public. Um, I feel like there's not really that much of a of a space 
uh, anymore for just like these very small sort of experimental kind of janky games. So I was, I guess I wanted to ask a bit about what uh, interests you about besides obviously like them be- being smaller, um, I would assume probably makes them somewhat easier to, to develop um, and sort of explore different ideas. But, you know, if there are other reasons that you sort of gravitate towards these very small kind of experimental projects. Yeah, it's it's in part because when you when like you're having a bit of a creative kind of feeling, you you sometimes have the urge to like just get some ideas down really fast. And so the main re- one like the main reason I would do these small games is so that I can essentially so that I can make a lot of them mm-hmm. quickly which is like easier than for example if i was to make an if i was to launch straight into another big project and try and get all my ideas into it i just kind of make a mess where i have too many ideas and it doesn't work whereas with these games i could kind of get like a single vision for each one uh throw it together in like a Usually it would take like maybe just under a month for some of these, and then I would just move on to the next one around the time I got bored of it. It's interesting, Flash. I I remember the Flash era. Um, it's something that I remember. I played a lot of those games, but I had I I sort of dreamed of making games when I grew up and 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 so on. But I remember I was I wanted to make sort of big games for like the PlayStation because I was that kind of kid who wanted to sort of make big things I guess. But um, so I didn't I I didn't sort of see myself as sort of making sort of small PC games I guess, um, which I eventually ended up doing. Although I also do big things I guess. When I when I can finish them, was there was there like a specific point where that sort of paradigm shifted, or was it sort of just like by the time you started making games, you had decided against, you know, investing all your time into remaking, I don't know, Final Fantasy VII or whatever people dream of making. <laughs> yeah, when I when I I first started making games in like in two thousand and three, where I got this thing called Blitz three D. It's Wow, it's so old. Who would still be using that? I still use it <laughs> today. Um because it's it's pretty good. And also I I know how to use it, so I unfortunately never learned how to use anything else. <laughs> um it's it's good because um you know, it doesn't it doesn't like leave too much of its own personality on the things you make with it like it doesn't um slap its logo on it or anything so it's like i can i can make like my own stuff with it quite well it it works but it's it makes stuff that's um it makes stuff on kind of ps2 era technology which is quite good for getting a genuine kind of retro feel i'm just straight up using retro technology i guess instead of instead of trying to recreate it with something more modern yes there was a point that i i sort of slowly decided to just make smaller things over time because the very first thing i made with blitz was this huge rpg hybrid platformer fighting (laughs) game i basically was like i want to i want to make just this this ultimate adventure game about a a kid who's on a quest and he goes to a magical world and it's full of monsters and things and uh that game that that game was set in a world that i i called acro dodo and this was this was like kid me coming up with this sort of magical world that was um kind of like a mix of a lot of things that I liked at the time, like uh, the Jack games and stuff. And I eventually, I, I eventually started 
like I rebooted it recently. I I made a little game called The Lost Serpent of Akrododo that is based on this world that I made when I was a kid. And I didn't finish that either. So that first project didn't 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 ever get finished because I was um you know, I was in school and I didn't have the time. Around the time I sort of put that down, I made a smaller game, which was also too big. And then I repeated that pattern over and over again until I finally made something small enough to actually finish. And ever since I finished my first games, I I realized that um, I should probably just stay small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of becoming sort of the the catchphrase for everyone I have on this show is uh, don't make the big giant epic game, make the tiny thing because you'll actually finish it. Yeah, it's true. And however, I if if someone came to me asking for advice on how to get started making games, and um, I would say, yeah, make your make your huge epic game and watch it fail, <laughs> because I learned quite a lot mm-hmm. from that. Like you can learn, you can learn as much from sort of failing spectacularly as you can from successfully making lots of little games and if i'd started out making lots of little games as i finished i have no idea if i would even be making games the same way i do now yeah i mean that's a that's a good sort of lead into uh i hadn't written this down in advance but i'm very curious to ask about it in sort of the time we have left um to learn a bit more about blitz 3d because uh you've mentioned it a couple times on this call and uh, I, I had not realized, I guess, how sort of constant of a uh, presence it, it was in like across your games, being like a your primary engine or maybe your only engine. I'm not entirely sure. Um, since you know, <laughs> 2003 or or uh, thereabouts, and it sounds like it was old at the time as well. So yeah, I was I, I wanted to know about like. W- w- Firstly, what is this engine, and sort of, do you have any sort of like feelings about having, uh, sort of, tied yourself to it for like over a decade? Yeah, it's in, it's it's weird because I I know at least a couple other um, people on Glorious Trainwrecks who've either used it or heard of it, but I think I'm the only one who uses it for like everything. I've I've sort of occasionally shown friends around it because i'm you know trying to just sort of be a bit of a sort of um evangelist for it like oh you know trying to get people away from unity and being like why don't you use the thing i use it's so cool and it's actually not it's like really it it, it's it it would be really hard for a beginner to get into it i think because I think it took me about 15 years before I made anything decent with it. It's free now. I might as well just say that it's it's it got um it's just abandonware and the people who originally made it put it on itch.io <laughs> and you can just get it, I guess. It's it's sort of weird cuz I guess I'm just so used to it at this point cuz it if um one thing I like about it is that it will just start you don't have to log in and you don't have to register it you can just like open it and it and just type in it like it was notepad so that was pretty good especially when i had like a worse computer was there anything else you wanted to know about it oh i i think you're actually answering most of my my questions which was i i was i wanted to know if it was still being developed at all and it sounds like you've uh sort of become something you like the primary maintainer now in a, in a sort of way just for someone who's still using it kind of i'm i know there are i know there are more um you know blit, blitzers or whatever you want to call them out there they um blit, blitzlings it's open source now so some people have just been 
making their own versions of it, tacking new features onto it so in order to um, get it into sort of a more modern state where it can handle things like shaders and shadows and other things it can't do. And I, I can't like uh, point you to any projects there because I haven't really checked them out. But people are making, people are making new blitzes. They're making things with it. But it's rare to find people who still use it for any kind of commercial project. It's it's very it's very cool that it still has some, something like a community. You know, I, I often think about engines like uh, Adventure Game Studio that have been around since I don't know, like since I was like four years old or something, um, and are still you know being games are still being made with despite it being sort of a very antiquated piece of software. And I'm I'm always fascinated by, I guess, the decision to uh, continue using that when you know, it, it seems like to some degree it's it's a lot of extra work because you have to like sort of reverse engineer what you want to make it to do. But also there's clearly like a, I guess, an appeal for people to like be using this, this older software that just has a different design philosophy than like Unity or... It's, it's surprisingly reliable because, I don't know, basically it's never going to... It's not going to go offline because the it... <laughs> It's not going to be like something where that could happen because it's just like been abandoned. So, you know, it's it's kind of continued to last me in a way that something like, say, Flash, which I also tried learning at one point, didn't. Yeah, in other words, using using abandoned software that has no sort of company behind it uh, make makes it actually quite reliable to use. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because I guess it won't be either updated or or they'll just stop supporting it one day and then you can't use it or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't you don't have to worry about about what the next update is going to bring or if the the company is going to start contracting with militaries or or what have you. It's, uh... Yeah, or or NFTs. Mm -hmm. Or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of know what you're getting into in a way that you don't really, you you go, you can't really rely on for a lot of modern software. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, and I don't want to sound. I don't want to be like a sort of luddite or whatever. With no, that's not the right word. I don't want to sound like I'm dislike the modern stuff because I think everything does what it's what it wants to do i guess i don't know i guess i just didn't want to be negative about something like Gato or whatever although yeah i i'm quite glad i didn't get into unity because they're the um they working with the u.s military is kind of mm -hmm. yeah that that that's not cool yeah, I know a lot of people who are trying to trying to transition off of it, which, uh, you know, at this point in, you know, I, I imagine it probably probably be something similar of you trying to to get off a of blitz. But, you know, you you spend all this time learning an engine and then try and move on. Exactly. It's 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 kind of a shame, I think, if it can like it can uproot people's like art mm -hmm. and uh, leave it kind of in limbo, which is not what i want to see for sure yeah it's kind of a there's a immateriality to a lot of digital art and games especially just based on how much of it relies on the products of massive corporations that you know one day you wake up and all of your flash art is just <laughs> obliterated um because adobe decided they didn't want to support it yeah that that sort of thing is scary um yeah i don't know maybe maybe it'd be cool if um there was more there's it feels weird that there aren't more things that just kind of work on that sort of model where it's kind of like you just own it maybe i just sound like i'm just complaining about modern software again i don't know i don't i don't i don't want to complain too much 
I guess uh, on that note, we can, uh, since we're running up on time, I think that's probably a good place to leave it because I am also liable to jump into a rant on on software. Um, I have <laughs> I have a lot of uh, feelings sure. about it, most of them not positive. But uh, to avoid that, where where can people find you and your work on the internet? Where's a good some good places to point them? I'm usually on itch.io. Um, or itch, it depends how, how you want to say it. At, oh, wow, I don't know how to pronounce my own screen <laughs> name in a way that people can understand it. Though I, my screen name is Though Ether. It's, I guess now it has an official pronunciation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like if you wrote The Weather, but with the word Ether in it mm-hmm. instead. On itch. And I'm also on... Glorious train wrecks as Kate B. Um, speaking of small games, if you like uh, small experimental games, Glorious Trainwrecks, I think, deserves more people looking at it because the people on that site tend to make some really weird, interesting stuff that needs more attention, basically. And the community's really cool. Um, it's very very pro-trans, very welcoming. Yeah, yeah, just plugging the site. <laughs> yeah, I, I very much want to play more stuff on there. I've, I've seen a few things sort of come across my feed, um, but I, I need to take more time to actually dive in. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess uh, speaking of cool things, I like to close the show out by having guests kind of share something they've enjoyed recently or that's inspired them something you just guess a good note to end in the show on it can be literally anything but if you have something i know you already (laughs) sort of shared a couple uh during the episode if you have something else you'd like to shout out yeah let me think well i you did you did send me some uh sort of things you're going to ask and what i wrote here is i've been playing more video games and I think that actually is kind of good because I think I um I think I'm starting to sort of learn to enjoy things again. In general I I sort of I sort of try and keep quite a positive outlook on things where I sometimes especially like I don't know, I'd sometimes go through about where I felt like I should just stop working on things or or that it's a waste of time. But sometimes I don't know, it's just good that um I can remember to have fun, basically. And spending sort of spending my time focusing on things or playing and reading other things and then sort of working on my own because I feel inspired i don't know it's just nice it's been good to like engage with other things a bit more and not just sort of sink into a kind of social media spiral where i kind of get depressed and um angry all the Mm -hmm. time i guess again i sound like i hate technology (laughs) but um yeah i don't know it's been um it's been good to sort of stay off um social media and kind of force myself to um engage with things like force myself to play a game even if I sort of for some reason want to talk myself out of it like oh it's pointless mm-hmm. I don't know it's just um it's good to have hobbies No no I definitely can under understand where you're coming from I've sort of been doing a similar thing of trying to to remember uh, what it's like to to enjoy things and spend more time, you know, playing games or reading, watching movies, you know, doing, doing things that aren't scrolling Twitter yeah. and just getting angry at stuff that I have no control over or can't even, yeah. can't even really, don't even have the, the, the way to yeah. process very very little good on there mm. uh lately especially so yeah you know it's, it's yeah it, it, it sounds i guess it, I, I, I i every time i sort of talk about this with people it feels like kind of 
trite or obvious to say um you know <laughs> art is is good and it's it's good to uh enjoy things but i feel like it's at least for me and some of the people i've talked to it feels like increasingly something that you really need to make like an effort to bring back into your life i've learned to sort of seek out things i like more and sort of try not to sort of think too much about like i don't know basically uh i'm a bit a bit more of a hedonist now where i just <laughs> sort of i just sort of play what i uh want to and if it and if it sort of frustrates me for even a second i'll just go do something else um <laughs> so, so i'm just kind of being a bit more um being a bit more sort of self-absorbed or something not self-absorbed um self-indulgent yeah i mean i i i think we can all i th- I think video games can deal with us being a little self-indulgent uh or a lot you know um i i support it anyway but uh in any case Speaking of self-indulgent, I guess thank you for coming on my podcast. Thanks for for humoring my my uh, sort of wordy questions, and yeah, very excited to look for to see what you do next. And yeah, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Critical Care is produced by me, Natalie, with music by Desired. You can find Desired on Bandcamp at desired.bandcamp.com. I'm on Twitter at Boo, it's Natalie. And you can keep up with everything critical related at critical.com. If you'd like to help keep the lights on, consider supporting the show on Coffee. Until next time, take care, and thanks for listening.